Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 203 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about Social Security. And I know for some of you, Social Security may not necessarily be uh, at the front of your mind, and it may not be something that you particularly worry about a lot, uh, but it is a reality in the life of retirees today. So I want to talk about Social Security, where it came from, how much you may receive, if you may receive any at all, and exactly how you should go about planning for your retirement, given that Social Security is something that is real in our lives today. So we'll cover all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to create a financial plan that's specific to you and your family's needs and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work With Dylan tab, and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you, and we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals together. So Social Security is something that uh, you likely hear your uh, grandparents have taken or that your parents have taken uh, or any elderly individual in your family that is retired uh, takes Social Security. You may also hear about uh, Social Security disability benefits, but what exactly is Social Security and where did it come from? Well, Social Security, it began on August 14th, 1935. Uh, and it was the Social Security Act, and it was signed into law by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, and taxes were collected for the first time in January 1937, and the first one-time lump sum payments were made that same month. Uh, regular ongoing monthly benefits started in January of 1940. And uh, in the way that Social Security is set up today, uh, the retirees get paid uh, some monthly benefit. They get paid uh, some monthly Social Security check. And we'll talk about how that's figured here in a moment. But under the 1935 law, what we now think of as Social Security only paid retirement benefits to the primary worker. A 1935 change in the law added survivor's benefits and benefits for the retiree spouse and children. In 1956, disability benefits were added. Keep in mind, however, that the Social Security Act itself was much broader than just the program which we commonly describe as Social Security. The original law uh, contained the first national unemployment compensation program, aid to the states for various health and welfare programs, and aid to dependent children program. Okay, so this is a very uh, broad piece of legislation uh, that just happened to lead us to having Social Security uh, as a reality for retirees. Now, uh, you know that one of the big uh, buzzes around Social Security is, will it be around uh, when we get older? And if it's going to be around, how much is it going to be? Is it going to be enough? And I'm going to speak a little bit more to that as we go through today's episode. But let's talk first about how exactly your Social Security benefit uh, may be calculated. Right, because a lot of people don't know how they come to the number that they come to as far as your social security benefit. Many people wonder how their social security retirement benefit gets figured. Okay, they base the benefits on your lifetime earnings and adjust or index your actual earnings to account for changes in average wages since the year that the earnings were received. 
Okay, so they adjust your wages uh, for average wages. Okay, because they have some amount that they would pay the average worker in benefit and they adjust yours relative to uh, the amount you make relative to the average worker. Okay, now Social Security calculates your average indexed monthly earnings during the 35 years in which you earned the most. Okay, they apply a formula to these earnings and arrive at your basic benefit or primary insurance amount. This is how much you would receive at your full retirement age, 65 or older, depending on your date of birth. And we'll go over uh, exactly when you should expect benefits based on when you were born uh, because it does differ and it has differed over time. Okay, so even if you aren't retirement age, you can plan for retirement now. Workers 18 and older, they can go online and actually check their social security benefits that they should be receiving. Uh, and this is going to be relative to the amount of time that they have worked and the amount of money that they have made thus far, right? It's not gonna be a perfect calculation, especially if you're nowhere near retirement yet. But factors that can change the amount of your retirement benefit. Uh, first, you choose to get benefits before your full retirement age. Uh, you can begin to receive social security benefits as early as age 62, but at a reduced rate and they reduce your basic benefit a certain percentage uh, if you retire before reaching full retirement age. Okay, so uh, at age 62 is when you can begin, but that does not necessarily mean uh, that that is the full amount that you could get uh, if you were to wait longer. And we'll talk about that a little more as we move forward today. Then second, you're eligible for cost of living benefit increases starting with the year you become age 62. This is true even if you don't get benefits until your full retirement age or even age 70. They add cost of living increases to your benefit beginning with the year you reach 62. Benefits are adjusted yearly to reflect the increase if any, in the cost of living as measured by the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which we know uh, is what we use in order to gauge inflation. So it will also be a good gauge uh, of the cost of living rising over time. Then another thing that is going to uh, impact the amount of your retirement benefit is if you delay your retirement past your full retirement age. So if you wait longer than your full retirement age in order to actually start receiving your social security benefits, those benefits will incrementally increase each month that you delay receiving benefits after your full retirement age until you reach age 70. So you can actually receive more if you wait past your uh, full retirement age. And then if you're a government worker with a pension, uh, if you also get or are eligible for a retirement or disability pension from work for which you don't pay Social Security taxes, usually a government job or a job in a foreign country, uh, they apply a different formula to the average indexed monthly earnings that you received. Okay, so all of these are factors that impact the amount of Social Security that you may actually receive. And this is all very important to understand because uh, you need to know where your Social Security benefits come from. Now, uh, the formula that they use is not extremely straightforward, and it's not something that I will go into, and it's not something that they fully disclose exactly how they get to the numbers that they get to. Uh, but it is important to know that you can impact the amount that you actually receive. Now, if you know me, and I hope you do by this point, and if you don't, then I'll give you a, a quick update. I do not believe in relying on any pension, uh, any social security benefit, anything external to something that I can control. I don't want to rely on that for my retirement income. And there are several reasons why, but primarily, I want you to have money that you can have invested the way that you want to have the money invested 
you can receive income off of that money. You can likely make a higher rate of return uh, than whomever else is taking your money, especially uh, the money that you're putting into Social Security over time. You're going to make a way better rate of return than they are, uh, and you're going to be able to pass that money down uh, to your heirs, to your children, to your grandchildren, to people who uh, you can actually trust to use that money, uh, whereas a pension or Social Security benefit or whatever it may be uh, is eventually going to run out. It's eventually going to be over with. Uh, you are going to pass away. Your spouse is going to pass away, and there will no longer be a benefit. Right. So even though this is something that we're talking about today, even though we want to know how you know it impacts our retirement life, we want to know uh, what factors impact the amount that you may receive and where it came from. Uh, we don't need to focus on it so much uh, over the long term, and that's why this is the first time you've really heard me talk about this because I think it is important to talk about because it is you know relevant and it is something that is real uh, to all of us, but. Uh, it's not something that we need to rely on for our retirement income. We don't need to think that, oh, I'll have Social Security, I'll be fine. No, you need to take your retirement into your own hands and actually save and invest for you and your family. But I digress, okay? So we've talked about where it came from. We've talked about what factors may impact it, okay? Now let's go into talking about when you should take it because that is the big question. That's the big question uh, that a lot of people have when it comes to their Social Security. It's like, Okay, well, when do I take my Social Security? Should I take it at 62, which is the first age that you can take it? Should I take it at full retirement? Should I wait until age 70 when I have the maximum benefit that I can actually take? These are all the questions, okay? And we are going to try our best to answer them today, okay? So, like I said earlier, when can you start taking it? The minimum age to claim is age 62, and if you're turning 62 and need the income from your Social Security to support yourself, you might want to start claiming your benefits now, uh, but if you have enough other income to keep you going until you're older, you may want to delay in order to increase the size of your monthly benefit, okay? Uh, so in a nutshell, what I'm saying there is that if you absolutely have to have the income now and you're not working anymore, right, and you need to have that income in order to live which hopefully you don't, right, based on the comments I just made about taking your retirement into your own hands. Uh, but some people don't have the time. Uh, some people don't have uh, the willingness to learn in that way, and they've already retired, and they're banking on the fact that they're going to receive that check, whatever, right? But if you have to take the check at 62, then you can absolutely do so. Uh, but you can wait, right? You can wait and receive the check later. Now, people would argue, and I may be one of those people, uh, that would argue that waiting later, the marginal benefit of uh, Social Security that they are going to give you as you wait uh, is not going to be huge, right? So waiting from 62 to whatever your full retirement age, which can be a five-year span, and we'll talk about when your full retirement age is here in a minute, right? But that can be a five-year span. And if you're waiting five years to receive any type of benefit, you have foregone five years of benefit. So what if uh, you took that five years of benefit you received at the beginning and invested it for yourself, and then you kept receiving that benefit as you continued forward, uh, but you had that money growing for you, what would uh, be the best outcome? The answer to such a question is going to be reliant on you. It's going to be reliant on uh, how you invest your money. It's going to be reliant on uh, your willingness to do that for some period of time. Uh, and sometimes it's just easier if you're going to put it off to just put it off. Right, and just take that higher amount later on. But uh, something that Social Security can do, right? Even if, even if you have plenty of money uh, to, you know, fund your retirement, what Social Security can do for you is it can give you some type of 
cushion, right? Some type of buffer, even at age 62, because if you don't need the money and you are uh, very comfortable where you are as far as your retirement savings and the money that you're taking off of your retirement accounts, right? If you're 62 years old and you're offered, you know, $1,500 a month, but you know, you could wait until you're, you know, 67 and it could be $2,000 a month. Well, you know, you don't know how long you're going to live and you don't need the money anyway. Why not just take the $1,500 a month and allow yourself uh, to continue forward and uh, have a $1,500 buffer to where you don't have to take that $1,500 off of your investments month after month after month? Uh, because that is the opportunity cost of you uh, taking your Social Security later. That opportunity cost is, is that you're going to have to take more money off of your nest egg, off of the money uh, that you have saved for yourself in order to get uh, the money that you need, the income that you need for you know that time period between age 62 and your full retirement age. So uh, that is going to be the cost that you're going to have. And so you may really wrestle with that and uh, you may need to see what works best for you. Uh, but starting at age 62, starting as early as possible, will give you the most immediate money in your pocket. And if we know anything based on the time value of money, money today is worth more than money tomorrow. And if you can see what kind of discount rate they are using uh, on the money that uh, they are offering you over a period of time, then you can see whether or not you taking the money now would actually be worth it to you. But the short answer is there's not a wrong answer, okay? There's not a wrong answer as to when you should take your Social Security. Now, you must keep in mind that if you do take it early, uh, this is a rule that Social Security has, if you do take it early, uh, then there are limits to the income that you can make, right? The working income that you make, the working taxable income that you can make uh, without being penalized and without your Social Security benefit being dropped. But once you get to full retirement age, uh, then you can work as much as you want to, make as much as you want to, and still receive the benefit from the Social Security Administration. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, but if you're just living off of retirement income, then you know taking it early may keep you from pulling as much money off of your retirement uh, accounts as you may have to uh, if you were to wait into your uh, later years into age 66, 67, or so on. Okay. Now, when I keep saying full retirement age, that is something that Social Security Administration, uh, they actually determine for you. It's not uh, the age at which you retire. You can retire at whatever age you want to, right? Me, myself, I, I hope to retire uh, early enough to be able to enjoy my later years and not have to work and not have to do something full time at least uh, for you know a long period of time into retirement, right? Uh, I mean, the 50s look really, really nice to me, but that is not the average for most Americans, and that's not what the Social Security Administration uses as full retirement age. Like I said, they start you at six, age 62 as far as benefits go. Then they say, okay, a full retirement age is the following, meaning this is where you can get your full benefit, right? Now, obviously, I said earlier, you can receive more if you were to wait past uh, this particular age, but uh, you will receive the full benefit that you are owed if uh, you go and take it at this full retirement age. So if you were born 1937 or earlier, right, your full retirement age was 65. Okay, so uh, a lot of people who were born uh, really, really early in the 1900s at towards the beginning of the Social Security Administration uh, and the Social Security Act, they will have uh, the full retirement age of 65 years. And then the retirement age creeps upward uh, as you move along. If you're born in 1938, it's 65 and two months. 1939, 65 and four months. 1940, 65 and six months. 1941, 65 and eight months. 1942, 65 and 10 months. 1943 to 1954, 
66. Okay, if you're born in any of those years, your full retirement age is 66. Then 1955, 66 in two months. 1956, 66 in four months. 1957, 66 and six months. 1958, 66 and eight months. Uh, 1959, 66 and 10 months. And then for everybody born after 1960, uh, it is age 67. And if you see any pattern there, you see that as time goes on, the full retirement age just creeps further and further back. So by the time we get there, by the time I get there, right, being only 25 years of age now, uh, by the time I get there, it may be far past uh, age 67. Uh, so who knows exactly when uh, we will be able to take our uh, Social Security benefits based on however old you are now. But uh, as of now, the full retirement age is 67. So to give you a quick example, uh, let's say your full retirement age is 66. If you start claiming benefits at 66, your full monthly benefit is $2,000. Okay, you'll get $2,000 per month. Now, again, this is not uh, just clear cut for everyone. This is for whatever individual we're talking about here. Okay, uh, if you start claiming benefits at age 62, which is four years early, right, your benefit will be reduced to 75% of your full monthly benefit, also called your primary insurance amount. In other words, you'll receive 25% less per month and your check will be $1,500. So in this particular case, you could have had 2,000 at age 66 or uh, you could have had uh, 1,500 at age 62. You'll continue to receive a reduced benefit, not just until you turn 66, but for the rest of your life. And so that's a big key in taking Social Security early. Whatever you take is what you will get forever. Okay, you don't get to bump up once you hit your full retirement age. You will continue to get what you got at the beginning. Okay, it will go up over time, but only slightly with cost of living adjustments. And you'll see this as COLA, C-O-L-A uh, adjustments. Okay, and you can do the math for your own situation using the Social Security Administration uh, early or late retirement calculator. Uh, one of a number of benefit calculators provided by the Social Security Administration uh, that can also help you to determine your full retirement age, the SSA's estimate of your life expectancy for benefit calculations, rough estimates of your retirement benefits, individualized projections of your benefits based on your personal work record, and more. So uh, the Social Security Administration does provide a really good tool where you can go in and estimate uh, what your Social Security benefits are, as I mentioned earlier, and that can be really, really useful to you. But again, what happens if you claim uh, your benefits after full retirement age? Well, if you wait until you're 70 to start claiming benefits, you'll get an extra 8% per year, or in total, 132% of your primary insurance amount. So based on that $2,000 initial number that we were talking about uh, a moment ago, you would have $2,640 per month, uh, given that example, if you were to wait until age 70, okay? So uh, you could either take $1,500 at age 62, and then you know it increases incrementally between age 62 and your full retirement age, which in this example was age 66, uh, and then 8% per year all the way to age 70. The longer you can afford to wait after age 62 up to 70, uh, the larger your monthly benefit will be. Nevertheless, delaying benefits doesn't necessarily mean you'll come out ahead overall. You also need to weigh in some other factors, including your expected longevity and whether you or your spouse uh, plan to file for spousal benefits. You also need to consider the tax, investment opportunity, and health coverage implications, which I talked about a little while ago. Uh, I didn't talk about the health coverage implications, but I talked about uh, the investment opportunity, right? Your opportunity to invest uh, the money that you get earlier in order to create more of a nest egg for yourself over time. Because if we're talking about $1,500 a month, 
and let's say uh, for myself, I'll say for a five-year period from 62 all the way uh, to 67, right? You're talking about $1,500 a month. That's $18,000 per year. And you do that over a five-year period. That is $90,000, okay? Now, that doesn't have to remain $90,000. You can invest that money as it comes in uh, and you can have, you know, over $100,000, you know, $150,000 by the time uh, you get to that full retirement age and then use that in order to create some supplemental income for yourself uh, along with the Social Security benefit that you will have that would still be based on your age 62 uh, retirement, okay? And then obviously, the longer you live, uh, the more beneficial it is to wait until full retirement because, uh, you know, if you uh, don't live very long past age 67 or age 66, whenever your full retirement age is, uh, then you should have taken the money earlier. But uh, hindsight's 2020, and we don't know exactly uh, when you should have taken it unless we knew exactly when you were going to pass away. So uh, that's why this is not a perfect determination. It really comes down to what your need is and what you uh, are planning to do in retirement and whether or not you want to pull money off of your nest egg or not. Because uh, I'll just tell you for myself, I plan by age 62 to have plenty of retirement income uh, for myself based on the investment portfolio that I uh, accrue over time. And if I do have that, then at age 62, I don't see why I wouldn't take the social security benefit, live on that or have fun on that, do whatever, and take less money off of my nest egg. And then I can leave more of my nest egg to my children later on, to my grandchildren later on, because I was able to use what the government uh, supplied. But again, we do not rely on this because we don't know if it's going to be around. We do not know uh, if we get there, if Social Security will actually be around. So what will Social Security look like in the future? Social Security may look drastically different in the next few decades, especially since the Social Security Administration's 2019 trustees report estimates uh, the funds will be depleted in 2035 based on the current way it operates. That means that it will have no cash reserves and will only be able to pay out what it makes on an annual basis. The 2035 date is one year later than the previous estimates, but some financial analysts predict the reserves could run out even sooner. Social Security is a pay-as-you-go program. Earlier generations relied on decades of contributions from the huge baby boomer generation, which provided year after year of surpluses to the Social Security trust funds. Now, as the boomers retire, younger generations make up smaller percentages of the workforce than in the past, and they are creating a shortfall in the funding. So what's all this saying? All this is saying is that those who are working today are funding uh, those who are retiring, which are the baby boomer generation, right? And if there are not enough people to uh, fund that baby boomer generation, uh, then the funds are likely to be depleted at some point. And they're estimating 2035. We'll see by 2035, uh, I'll only be 40 years old. And if I'm 40 years old, I will not have gotten to the point where I can actually receive Social Security, and uh, that takes away from the fact that I could receive said benefit. Now, if I know one thing about politicians, I also know that Social Security is a hot topic for them, uh, and getting rid of it on either side is almost out of the question. Uh, so the fact that that is the case leaves me knowing that um, there will likely be something in place for retirees over time. But uh, again, I don't want to rely on it because that example that I gave earlier of the 1500 and the 2000, right? That is very, very common. I, I, as an investment advisor representative, I was helping people plan for retirement. I was helping people create uh, their retirement incomes. And in doing so, uh, something we always had to plan for was social security. And you see all these people's uh, social security estimates and you see that social security is just not that much. 
It's not enough to live on, especially based on the amount of money uh, that you expect to bring in from your work towards the end of your working life. It is not going to be enough. And the fact that it's not going to be enough leads me to the exact same conclusion uh, as did the conversation that we had yesterday on pensions. And that conclusion is is that you have to take it into your own hands. You have to take control of your own retirement life. You have to take control of the retirement income that you can bring in for yourself. Because uh, if you don't, and if we get to a point where Social Security is not around, uh, then you know, you're know you up a creek without a paddle. And even if Social Security is around and that's all that you have, it's not going to be much. It's not going to be a comfortable retirement. It's not going to be a fun retirement to be in if you are just living on Social Security. It's just not going to be the type of retirement life that you or I or anyone else would like to live. Okay, We need to be saving for ourselves. We need to be investing for ourselves. And then allow the Social Security to be icing on the cake. Just like I said with the pension, allow the pension to be icing on the cake. And just think about this. Think about this. If you create, let's say, a $2 million nest egg for yourself, okay, and you take 4% off of that $2 million nest egg every single year, okay, that's $80,000. You can take $80,000. Let's say that's what it takes for you to live, okay? And so you take 4% off every single year, and uh, then you receive a pension. Let's say the pension is uh, $1,200. And then let's say Social Security was $1,800. Okay, that's an extra $3,000 a month. Multiply that out, right? That's an extra $36,000 per year on top of the $80,000 that you're pulling off of your nest egg. Well, let's say you don't need all that income. Well, then what would you do? You would just decrease your nest egg uh, withdrawals by the amount that you don't need. So let's say uh, you know you could leave an extra 20 in your nest egg, allow it to grow, okay, allow it to compound over time, and then you would have more money sitting in that nest egg when you passed away that you can leave to your children, to your grandchildren, to your spouse, uh, to any number of people that you would like to leave that to. Okay? But any pension or any social security benefit is only going to be able to be left to your spouse in the vast majority of cases. Okay, so I want you to be able to have money that you are in control of that you can leave behind to build generational wealth because I don't want financial freedom to just stop with you. Okay, I don't want uh, the idea of being financially free and having your finances in order and being able to uh, have money to retire on and have money to live over time. I don't want that to stop with you. Okay, now I'm not saying you have to leave your children every single thing, right? But we should be raising our children in a way where we teach them how to manage money properly. We show them how to manage money properly. And then when we pass away, eventually, we can leave an inheritance to our children and our children's children. And we cannot feel bad about that. And we cannot feel like our children won't uh, you know, manage the money correctly. We, we won't have to regret that if we teach them correctly on the front end, right? A lot of people say, well, I don't want to spoil my kids. Well, you only spoil kids who don't know how to manage money properly. And you only spoil kids who don't know uh, how money works and how they should uh, be doing what with their money, okay? Uh, so it, it's not absolute rocket science. It's just teaching your kids financial literacy. It's being financially literate yourself, taking your retirement into your own hands uh, and being able to build something for yourself that nobody before you has built and been able to you know, pass down to you. So I want you guys uh, to be able to build something for yourselves. I want you guys to have a good retirement. And part of having a good retirement is taking it into your own hands. Okay, And if we get Social Security benefits, great. All right, I am all for getting an extra $1,500 a month or $2,000 a month or whatever it's going to be, right? I'm all for that, right? But if it doesn't come, 
I don't want to be looking around for another handout. I don't want to be looking around for somebody else to help pick me up and fund my retirement, fund what I want to do. I want to fund what I want to do. I want to know that I have put in these years of hard work, these years of saving and investing to be able to fund the retirement that I always wanted to live. And we can take a little pride in that and really enjoy uh, the fact that we have done something that is good for ourselves and our family. And we have been good managers of what God has given us. And I think that's absolutely great. But again, you receive Social Security even more fun, right? What what can you do with an extra $1,500 or $2,000 a month? I would say quite a bit. So hopefully this gives you a good idea if you're coming up on retirement uh, as to what you should do with your Social Security benefits. Uh, hopefully this gives you a really good idea if you're somebody my age, maybe a little older, you know, you're in your 20s, 30s, maybe early 40s. Uh, this may give you a better idea of what you need to do to prepare yourself uh, for that place where Social Security may not be there uh, or it may be there in a diminished capacity or even if it is there uh, that you need to start preparing yourself to live on uh, some retirement income that you made and not retirement income uh, that you're relying on the government to give you, okay? Uh, so hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully you can uh, leave from today's episode and understand that Social Security is a nice benefit. It is something uh, that can help you in retirement, but it should not be what you rely on. Uh, you should create the income that you can rely on uh, and you'll be far better off for it over the long term. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to create a financial plan that's specific to you and your family's needs and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Click on the Work with Dylan tab and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you and we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals together. Tune in tomorrow as I talk about retirement being not just an age, but being a number, right? Retirement not just being an age that you hit, uh, but a number that you can get to in uh, your retirement saving and investing. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.